Blessings to all. This is G. Craig Lewis again here uh, with another installment of our EX Ministries podcast, XCast. And uh, we have a special guest here today, a wonderful man of God who I've uh, come to really have a good uh, love for, him and his family. Uh, This is none other than one of the uh, original members of the uh, group Commissioned. Uh, on the podcast we have Carl Reed. How you doing, Carl? Uh, God bless you, Dr. Lewis. It is a pleasure to uh, be on the airway with you. I thank God for you, and I thank God for the work, tremendous work you're doing in the ministry. And I'm telling you, I just, you know, I was excited to hear from you, and I just can't wait till we we delve into this uh, interview and get get moving, man. You're a great man of God. Well, man, I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, me, like a lot of other people, we grew up on commission. You guys were our youth pastors, you know, back when there was no youth pastors or youth, you know, nothing really geared toward the youth, which I think a lot of the stuff they're gearing toward the youth now, they shouldn't. But back then, you know, we'd ride around, man. I always tell people, you know, I'd be riding on my way to, on my way to sin, brother. And, and uh, y'all's song would come on and I have to turn around and go back home. <laughs> Lord. And, I, and I, to this day, I listen to you guys. My kids know all your songs because, you know, some of this new stuff, you know, we get, we get ready to talk about. But, you know, the standard is just not there anymore lyrically and, and the standard that was upheld in the music. But um, I want to talk about several things. But, uh, you know, we had an article. We have an article now on our website called Who Killed Gospel Music? And it was written by a friend to our ministry, Rundy Long. Okay. And I sent you that so you could read it. And and it's just kind of dealing with now the mentality of gospel music and where it has gone and how it's being used now versus, you know, where a lot of people's heart were uh, years ago when they would get record deals and contracts, what their purpose was for even uh, getting and seeking exposure. Now, I want to just, you know, because you were in the industry, because you understand, you know, what was going on, could you kind of just give us some insight on the, you know, the kind of the mindset of uh, uh, recording artists and musicians back then versus now kind of a contrast? What do you think is going on? Well, give you a little background to the listening audience about what we, uh, how, when we came into the business, when we came into the business, there were only two types of uh, recordings you could buy. One was the LP, <laughs> the, big piece, the big old black piece of wax. And uh, and you could buy CDs, and I'm I kind of hesitant to say that Commission used to release singles on 45 for the radio station. Ooh man! So when we came into the business, it was uh, it was quite different than what we have now. We didn't have uh, CDs, and didn't start making CDs until like the late 80s. Mm-hmm. So, but to answer your question, initial question, that's a, that's a compound question, and I and I think it uh, it would take quite a bit of time, but I'll try to condense it. When we started pursuing the music business uh, uh, as, as a group of young men, we didn't have as many uh, people to pattern ourselves after when we started. So we had to be uh, trailblazers mm-hmm. in what we were doing. And what we did, we didn't have anybody to mentor us in what we were doing. The one thing that set us aside from uh, a lot of the groups that are out now is that we had a desire to be what God wanted us to be. And we had pastors, we had youth pastors that we had to be accountable to. And we had a desire to live right. So we kept ourselves in check. Mm -hmm. And the group, uh, each individual, took personal responsibility to help each other in what we were doing. And so we made rules. We adapted some of the rules that the whining used to have because Fred Hammond used to play bass with the whining before we formed the group commission and he had a chance to travel and see how they did things. And so one of the things they established was that you couldn't have any women in the hotel. Uh, especially you couldn't have any women <laughs> on the hotel rooms and you couldn't have them on the hotel floor. If you want to meet with somebody, you have to take somebody with you, and you could meet in the lobby, or you could go to a restaurant and have a meal. And so the industry back then was a lot different than it was now. You know, 
our church background for Craig was a lot different than the people that had went on before. We were the first uh, apostolic, mm-hmm. quote-unquote, Pentecostal group to ever come together and begin to travel and do what we did. So we were, you know, our roots was in the holiness. Mm-hmm. You know, you had to live right to be saved, mm-hmm. you know, as, as, as opposed to you get saved now. <laughs> and, you know, you do whatever you want to because God will, you know, forgive you. Right. But we had to look the look. We had to walk the walk. And we had to keep ourselves in check. And uh, uh, back then, we wanted to be saved before we wanted to be musical artists. Hmm. And so, if nothing else, if it wasn't going to work out for us in the music business, we would go back and live right, go to church, get jobs, do whatever the uh, normal people would do that were Christians and believed in holiness. This is what we had desired. This is what we determined to do. And it just so happened that God blessed us to go into the music industry and we were able to have consistency and put out music that used the word of God as its, as its backdrop. We didn't deviate from singing lyrics that directly came from our written word. And we were sometimes paraphrased, but people got the message and we would sing about things that we had experience but we would sing about things that we had overcome we didn't just sing about stuff that we went through and didn't tell you how we got out of it we would sing about life experiences and we would sing about how to stay saved be saved and we will and hopefully we were doing things like that that would give people answers so they could incorporate what we were singing about into their lives nursing Wow, and and I remember all of those songs, and 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 you're right. That was the difference. You guys, your your songs actually would help people through through tough times and different things, but it wasn't emotionally doing that. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes yeah. music can be, sometimes melodies and harmonies and different things can right. help people emotionally. Right. But you guys would cause people to learn scripture by having your songs reflect so much scripture. Well, one of the things I like to say here, Craig, is this, is that living for God is not an emotional event. You, living for God is a day-to-day consistent walk. I mean, there are times when your emotions get involved when we praise and when we worship. But living for, for God, you spend more time living, living for God day-to-day than you do praising and worshiping. And it has to be an event Praise and worship is an event that springs out of what you're doing every day. If it's if your lifestyle is, springs out of emotion, and then you wait on the next emotional event, you're going to have a person that's driven by emotion. And everyone knows that emotions change, mm-hmm. and they, emotions change based on the circumstances behind the emotion. <laughs> so if you have if, if if happiness is predicated on something then you have to have events to make you happy. And so we wanted to make sure that what we did was based upon the joy that we had by knowing God and knowing that He knew us. And we lived our lives and we sang songs based out of that foundation. And we believe that God honored us when, uh, when we lived the lifestyle. You know, one of the things I have to say is, is that and I know it's missing from the music industry now. We did not feel like that we had done what God had called us to do unless we were anointed when we did, when we performed, when we sang, when we ministered to the people. We didn't, we don't, we didn't feel like we were doing anything unless we were anointed. And that is the thing that when I look at artists now, I see that's missing. Mm-hmm. I see the element of entertainment. I see the element of the the world that they brought in. You know, it's more of a show go. You know, dancing girl. Um, you have all these types of backdrops, and you have the people in the audience jumping and shaking, not under the power of God, but they're jumping and shaking because the beat is moving, and mm-hmm. the music is moving, and see. That is some of the folks' desired effect. But the desired effect that we went after was is that the people would have something as far as God's word to sustain them when they left. And that the people were blessed because 
If we're not anointed, then the people are not going to receive anything that will sustain them. Mm-hmm. And so we had to work on that. You know, there were times that we would fast, we would pray, and we would seek God. And when we did that, man, we would see the Holy Spirit show up in a mighty way in the concert. I mean, we would have concerts to where we couldn't continue singing because the Holy Spirit would fill the entire auditorium and the people would just be praising. People would fall out under the power. And, 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 and I mean, I'm telling you, no one was able to stand, just like the priest of old, when they couldn't stand in the presence of the, of, of the glory. Mm-hmm. People could not stand because the glory of God would just saturate the glory. And that's one of the things that we aspire to do. And you know, after a while, we recognize that is where God wanted to take us. That is where the Holy Spirit was directing us to go. And I tell you, that is the biggest problem that we have with the gospel music business today. It's more of a business. They're doing one of the things that make it a business. Dancing, I mean, the style of clothes. You know, I've heard some people say that, you know, they're bringing back sexy to gospel music. You know, it's, it's amazing to me that someone can equate Jesus Christ, the Messiah, with being sexy. Hmm. And then we wonder why the young kids are in so much trouble when we look at what's going on in the world. We have the people who are supposed to be telling the truth, who are supposed to be representing God. They're telling you that Christianity is synonymous with sex. And, you know, I'm amazed. It's appalled. I'm appalled. It is amazing the amount of things that are happening in the music, gospel music industry that go unchecked. And it goes unchecked because there's no accountability. You know, I had a pastor to answer to when I was on the road commission. We had pastors to answer to. And I knew that if I was doing something I wasn't supposed to do, that I was going to get checked by my pastor when I got home. Well, we have artists now and they don't have pastors. We have people on television who now don't have pastors. We have people who said that God told them they don't need a pastor. They don't need to listen to pastors. They don't need to, you don't need to have accountability. I tell you, brother, the music, the gospel music industry, where it is right now, is just a reflection of where the church has gone. Oh. Hmm. And I agree with you 100%. Um, you can see the difference now. You know, now um, I watch artists like, you know, Kurt Franklin, I use him, Kiki Shear, different ones, uh, Israel Houghton. These guys will call people up and tell them to do, you know, or allow them to do the latest dances off BET, sometimes even direct the audience into doing you know, I, I preached in Detroit, actually, and I think Kiara Sheard had just performed the day before I got there. And they showed a little video clip, and she had the whole audience doing the motorcycle dance that they do, you know, on BET. And, you know, and everybody was up there doing it. Pastor, everybody, you know, and most of them, the day after I got there, ended up on the altar because they didn't know what they were doing. But because there is, like you said, there's no accountability uh you know, but I mean, let me ask you a question, though, because, I, you know, uh, besides you being, you know, a singer and, and besides you, you guys having the ministry y'all had back with commission and you're still, I know, doing some things. You are a preacher of the gospel. And I remember even when you were called to preach, I was in one of your concerts when it was announced that, you know, that you had been called to the ministry. I think Fred had announced it. But as a minister, what I mean, you know, what do you feel? What What do you think? about that about you know using the secular industry because what they say is that they want to reach more people and they want to reach the youth and then they want to reach the world so they figure you know let's do the world's dances let's interject some secular music into you know what we're doing so people can identify i mean what do you think about those methods i i you know i believe you said so much there i, I mean there's so much that i want to jump on and say but i, I believe this and I, and I don't just believe it but i know it you know, uh, the Apostle John wrote in First uh, uh, John, he said that these things were written that you might know. And I'm paraphrasing a little bit because the scripture says a little bit more, but mm-hmm. the, the 
gist of the scripture is that the word of God was given to us that we could have a written record so we would know who Jesus was, what he stood for, and also what the apostle expected of us as far as his teaching. And, you know, it is it's sad to me and it's sad to the body of Christ when the church begins to mimic art. When we begin to follow what's trendy. When we begin to follow what's the now thing. You know, the gospel music industry is a business. We don't, we, we, we don't need to get it twisted. And I think a lot of us are getting it twisted because they're out to make money. And if they're not making money, they're going to cut your record deal. We're looking at a business now to where a lot of people have lost their record deal because they're not selling any albums. Mm-hmm. And the reason why they're not selling any albums is because, first, they lost their focus about what it's about. When you lose your focus, you're going to do whatever you can do to make money. And this is why you see gospel groups signing secular record deals. Because they want to make the money. Because they know that if I have more money, I can live better, I can buy better, and we can do a lot of different things. I know that the scripture says that the love of money is the root of all evil. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that caused the demise of a lot of groups, and in particular commission, is was the, the lure of money. I mean, individual members were, were able, were lured away because there were secular groups that wanted to have individual members on their record label. And they lured them away with contracts, money, and signing bonuses. Only for later on, for them to lose the deal, no more money, and they have to go back and do something else. Well, now that's powerful. Let me interrupt you right quick because I, I want to touch on that. Okay. Because I've always felt like that was a plan of the enemy to do something like that. Because I know when you guys broke up, I mean, that was just, I mean, people were just torn apart. Because you, I mean, you guys never sold, you know, a million albums or a million of one project. And y'all never really had a so-called hit that was played. But you guys had a consistent following is what I saw. But uh, being lured away by money, I mean, do you feel like even in the industry now, because so many artists are losing their record deals and different things, that this was a plan of the enemy all along? Well, you know, I I believe that the devil is very subtle, but I also believe that he's, he's, you know, he just does what he does, and he has an M.O. And I know that the lure of the world, you know, this this so-called living like a rock star has crept, crept into everything that we do in church. You know, you got preachers living like rock stars. You got artists living like rock stars. And let me tell you something. Whenever you have a drive to live like the world is living, then you're going to lose focus on why you're there and what you're doing. And I know for sure that the rock star lifestyle has blinded a lot of the artists. They see, they see the lights, they see the glamour, they see the, the vehicles they're driving, they see the houses they're living in, they see the private jets that they're flying, and they're watching entertainment tonight, they're seeing all these things that these folks are doing. And then they see the top gospel artists living the same way. And then they said, well, why can't I do that? And then they start saying, well, you can do it. And so they start working towards it. You know, watching some of these gospel artists perform on stage is just like watching some of the secular artists. Mm-hmm. They have the same stuff. Mm-hmm. When I say the same stuff, I mean the same shaking, the same moving, the same all, whatever they do to get the crowd rising up. And I'm thinking, well, as I see some of these things and, and, and glancing through it on the gospel show, I'm thinking, now what does Jesus think about all Hmm. What is, the, you know, we, we've often heard about the present day ministry of Jesus. Okay, what is Jesus thinking about all this stuff that's taking place that they say they're doing in his name? Because they say, well, you, if you want to win the young folks, you got to win them at a level where they are. Well, if <clears throat> it takes doing what the world does 
to win the world, then what's the gospel for? <laughs> what's anointed preaching for? Mm. I mean, why is the Holy Ghost here? <laughs> if the Holy Ghost can't convict people and the loving kindness and tender mercy of God through the Holy Spirit working in us now can't draw people, then we, we're in bad shape. If you have to mask what God is doing, what the world is doing, then when once you reel them in, you say, ah, this is about Jesus. We use the world stuff to get you drawn in, but this is really about Jesus. <laughs> then the world is confused. Yeah. If the preachers are living just like the pimps and, 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 and they live like the prostitutes in the street, what's, what's the difference? You know? Well, it, you know, it's being said now, and I... I watched uh, a TBN broadcast last night, which was just a literal zoo. I mean, it was just a circus. Juanita Bonham, and I mean, there was so much black magic being cast over the the, the airway last night. I, I mean, I, I just couldn't hardly take it. But I'll take one of the things that she said, and it, it has it correlates with what you're saying. She basically told the audience that, you know. When you, when I get in front of Hollywood and when I get in front of these movie stars, I can't be quoting scriptures. See, she said they don't want to hear 50 million scriptures. They want to know, have you been through what I've been through? Now, to me, that testifies of the temperature. That shows you the temperature in the church and how cold the effort to get in front of a movie star and to get in front of a, a, a Hollywood so that, you know, you can be among them. And I see gospel artists doing all the time. They're saying, you know, they're naming them in their credits. You know, I know in Ty Trivet's album, he names the roots and Elton John special thanks. And, and uh, you know, they're, they're thanking the secular artists. Then they wanting to get on the stage with them because they say that way they're where they can reach them and even Juanita Bonham says she's finished with the church and God has completed her course in the church and now she's going to Hollywood because that's where the real ministry is I mean do you think I mean, I mean when you guys were singing I, I'll put it here when you guys were singing I mean were y'all infatuated with the world I mean did, was the world your target I mean did y'all sit around and say man if we take this and this and this out of the song we could get in front of some folks in Hollywood and really you know, just make the song about feeling. <laughs> well, I said, you know, that, that right there is such a big question, <laughs> Dr. Lewis. Okay. You know, when we sat and wrote, we wrote through life experiences. But let me tell you something. The key was that we were inspired by the Holy Ghost to write. You know, as the writers of the Bible, you know, the Bible tells us that they wrote as the Spirit of God moved upon them, they were inspired mm -hmm. to write. Mm -hmm. You know, we were inspired to sing and to write the songs that we sang. And, you know, you have to watch where your inspiration comes from. You know, just because you have a good story doesn't mean every, doesn't mean every story deserves to be talked about. Hmm. You know, there are some stories we can do without <laughs> that we don't need to hear. And you can bear that out by there are a lot of things that are stories being told on TV that your kids don't need to hear about. They're not mature enough to handle that. Mm -hmm. But the bottom line is, and it was, and I think it's so sad that we as the listeners to the stations like uh, Praise the Lord and, and the Word Network and, 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 and all these other uh, stations, there's no accountability. There's no one to say you're not going to go on the air with that. <laughs> There's no one to say, um, your pastor called and he said, don't put you on the air tonight. And we got to honor that because he said, you ain't ready. <laughs> see, we see so many people that we know are living closet lifestyle on TVN. And we see them on the Word Network. We see people who are closet homosexuals. <laughs> we see people who are open homosexuals. We see people who are wife abusers. We see people who are lesbians. We see people that are living all kind of lifestyles, pedophiles, older men sleeping with younger girls in the congregation. And we see them on TV and they become great only to later on find out that they've been doing and living sin, sinful lifestyles. And 
No one says, well, wait a minute. How come you didn't notice about this guy or this girl before you put him on TV? Mm-hmm. Why does the body of Christ, and I'm, when I say body of Christ, those who are in charge, why don't they come out and say, hold, we don't endorse them. And we're telling all our members not to watch and, don't, and definitely don't send any money because we don't endorse them. <laughs> why is it that nobody has the, has the stomach to say, you know what? We've had enough of so-and-so for the last four years. We're going to let her take a break. Because we see people go from the fairy tale wedding to now the beatdown. And it's, you know, you know, there's never any personal accountability for anything they've done. All we want to hear is what they want you to hear. The sound bites, the, the, the tail is wagging the dog. You know, mm. all because they want you to keep sending that money. You know, and I can safely say, but I've never sent them money to TVN because I don't believe in what they, I don't believe in the people they have on there. Right. Because right. The, the, there's no accountability. Hmm. And when you, everybody has to be accountable to somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have no father in the gospel that can choke, that can pull the chain and choke you and say, you're going the wrong way, come here. I, you you got to have somebody that can say, you're going to listen to me today. You're not going to go out there and say that. You're not going to go out there and do that. You're going to come here and sit down. The church that I came from is when you acted a fool, they sat you down for a little while. Yeah. And they told the whole church, so-and-so's been acting a fool, and we're going to make him sit down for a couple months until he's, you know, we see that he's gotten himself together, that he can do this. Mm-hmm. You, nobody needs to be up when you've given the church a black eye, like the church has been given a black eye over the last few months. Mm-hmm. People falling from grace, caught with little girls, people having fist fights. Shooting, you know, all kind of stuff, and then they say, two weeks they're back on TV again, and they turn this pain into power. Mm. You know, new conference, new level. How about the level of holiness? How about doing what Jesus said? How about doing what the Word says? Mm-hmm. How about being accountable? And these are the things that the church has got to start speaking up. You know what happens when the world don't want to hear you no more? They stop buying your tapes. Mm-hmm. They stop watching your show. And when the revenue doesn't come in, they take you off the air. Mm-hmm. But we in the church, we're so starved and deprived for good television that we'll swallow a yard and then turn around and ask what another one hurts. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what to do. Doesn't matter what the lifestyle is. They can divorce. They can remarry. They can have kids out of wedlock. <clears throat> they can do what. They can be caught stealing. They can go to prison, come up, no matter what they do, in the name of Jesus. As long as they're on TV, and they can still get a, a crowd and the audience listening, the TV people keeps letting us see them. <laughs> keeps letting us watch them. You know, well, I don't, I'm not against homosexuality, you know, because the Bible doesn't say, I'm not against AIDS because the Bible doesn't talk. What kind of craziness is that? <laughs> the Bible has an answer for every problem. That hurts the world and, and there's a problem in the church. Jesus was never silent. He healed every sickness that was ever brought before him. And the apostles said, listen, by his stripes we were healed. So anything problem you have, we can talk about it. Right. See? But nobody wants to deal with the sinful lifestyle that got you to that point. Right. You don't tell me God healed you. Tell, tell us, tell the people that you repented of the sin you were living. Amen. And then God delivered you. That's right. So the scripture tells us that if any person is sick, let him call for the elders of the church. Yeah. That they can pray for him, and he can be healed. And if he's committed any sin, they can be forgiven. Mm-hmm. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying that sometimes your sin is a res- your, your your sickness is a, re- a result of sin. Right. You live a sinful lifestyle, and you get caught up in something you ain't supposed to be in. How about checking? What you've been doing. Right. And not just going to God. We know God's forgiven. But <clears throat> you got to change your mind. That's what repent means. Right. Around. And not a 360, but a 180. That's right. you got to turn around from what you're doing. And stop getting up on the television. And stop telling people, you know, just what you want them to hear. Putting spins on the story. Because when you, know, when you don't tell the truth, it's a lie. When you purposely just try to deceive people... You are telling a lie. That's right. And God don't like lying. That's right. He said, because all in Revelation 21 and 8, 
he talks about a whole list of folks that's going to go to hell. Then he says, the fearful and the unbelief. You know, and you don't believe what the Bible says when you can sit up there and tell all that stuff and you don't tell the truth. That's right. Or tell the whole story. Not telling the whole story is a lie, even in court. But, you know, one thing I'm, I'm hearing out of your voice it sounds like you guys and and so so what you're saying and I'm I'm summarizing kind of what you've been saying the the industry is a reflection of the direction that the church has gone and I think it's it's the emotional direction that now the church has taken because you guys didn't necessarily write about and I'm just I guess I'm asking you a question did y'all write scripture and things that you knew to be true based on the word or were you guys writing you know what you guys had been through and that's what I'm hearing it, 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 it didn't seem like you guys were writing just about what you guys had been through and experienced right and see we wrote about things that we had been through and became out into Victoria it's not good to write about how you fell in sin with a girl you weren't married to and how God delivered you the Bible tells us that he can keep us from falling and he said, if you walk by faith, he says, you can never fall. Always victorious. You know, it's good to know that God will, will restore you, pick you back up, and clean you up if you fall in sin. But it's better to know that you don't have to go that uh, route. Mm-hmm. And it is not a good testimony. Because a testimony means you're being tested for something that you didn't do. You know, the, the apostle says, let no one suffer as an evildoer. Because when you suffer as an evildoer, you, you're suffering because you've been doing evil. Mm-hmm. But if someone is suffering because you're naming the name of Christ, mm-hmm. Jesus was persecuted because he did the right thing. He wasn't persecuted because he did the wrong thing. Come on. And we've got to get this thing turned around. We've got to put the saddle on forward. Because mm-hmm. people are riding it back, and they only seeing what's like. No, 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 no. Jesus was persecuted because he told the truth. He wasn't persecuted because he had sin in his life. Right. And we need to stop trying to paint the picture that we're being, you know, persecuted, and 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 when we drawn away of our own lust, that you know we got a testimony now because I was drawn away of my own lust and God delivered me. Well, we know that God will deliver you. If you call them. Well, let's deal with the part about you keep getting it drawn away of your own lust. Right. <laughs> you keep falling in sin. There is no testimony when you live in a sinful lifestyle. There's no testimony when you live in a sinful lifestyle. And guess what? Now you got a new song to sing about it. And guess what? You're still doing the same thing in the closet. Hmm. you still live in the same lifestyle in the closet. If you were a homosexual, you're still a homosexual. Hmm. You know, there are people that I know of personally, I'll never, and I would never call names, that if most of the gospel people at church that by record knew the lifestyle they were living in G-Craig, they wouldn't even buy the albums. They'd take the old ones back and see if they get a refund. <laughs> if they knew the lifestyle they were living hmm. and singing about. See, you know, when we examine, and I know there's some folks that's going to come on later on and you're going to do webcasts on them, they're going to talk about it. But if you want a perfect example of what God expects of us as of kings and priests and how we're supposed to conduct ourselves, don't they know that you couldn't even stand in the presence of a holy God back in the Old Testament temple times if you had sin in your life? You struck, you got struck dead mm-hmm. by living an unholy lifestyle and then standing in the presence of God. But now, you know, you can live any kind of way you want to. Just make sure the lyrics are okay. Make sure it's got the right beat. Make sure you got the right voice singing. And then you write timing. Man, you will sell a million copies. Hmm. Well, well, how's your lifestyle? Well, don't worry about that. This is the music video. And parading and doing. Man, listen. Some of those very same people are molesting your children. They're molesting your girls. Some of those preachers are having sex with those little boys, and they are preaching by God's word, but there's nobody to check it. Right. Because they're doing it all in the closet, and they're telling you what you want to hear. You see? 
And then let me touch on this other subject. Can I touch on this other subject? Yes, sir. Go ahead. Character is developed over time. Nobody wakes up and is born with character. A character is something that's developed over time. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know someone's character, you have to be able to call and find out. You know, when you apply for a job, they they want they want references. Where'd you work for? Who knows you? Can we call? Why? They're trying to establish what type of work history you have, but they really want to know what kind of character you have. Right. Because character will keep you when nobody's looking. Mm-hmm. When nobody's watching. You know, when you have character, you'll say, no, nah, I can't do that because a Christian person, a saved person, wouldn't do that behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I, I love the Lord, I wouldn't do that. But you're looking at a generation where character doesn't mind. You know, the, the, the rappers now, they make their money because they don't have character. <laughs> right. Well, how in the world can the church mimic them? Oh, man. You, 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 you got to have no character to sing God? Mm. Yeah, because to be a gangster or a thug, to sing gospel, be a gospel gangster, you have to not have character to appear to be a gangster because gangsters don't have character. A popular artist said on a radio station he's going to bring sex back to gospel music. Now, I'm, what do I think about sexy, uh, Dr. Lewis? I think about a, a, a brass pole and women spinning mm-hmm. enticing me. I don't think about anything at church when you say sex. <laughs> what are we talking about when we talk about making gospel music sexy? Well, they're referring to, you know, artists in the gospel industry as being sex symbols. They say Kirk Franklin is a sex symbol, you know, because he does sexy dances now and wears tight clothes on stage. And, you know, they're bringing all this stuff into it. And now it's just mimicked the world so much, it, it doesn't have any power, and the music doesn't affect change in anybody. All it does is make, you know, makes you want to get emotional, and, and if, if it's beat going fast, you can dance. If it's going slow, you can, you know, chill. And that's kind of wh- where we are now. Well, you know, we, we didn't just arrive there. We got there by, uh, we got there by step by step, and we got there because somebody said, we can sell more records. Hmm. We can have more revenue. Let's just push the envelope a little bit more. And then, you know, back when I, could, you know, the old school preachers, they didn't go to concerts. They didn't do it. They'd be like, well, that's for the young kids to do that. You know, so they weren't watching what the young kids were doing. You know, now I live up the street from a, a, a very large church here in uh, Northville, Michigan. They play secular artists to the youth. On Sunday morning. Mm. Sunday morning service, they're paying Bon Jovi and groups like this for Sunday morning service. I said, um, whose kids wants to go here? Who's letting their kids go here? And which youth pastor got the okay from his pastor to let secular music be played? Hmm. And so, in order for us, as ministers and men and women of God, to recognize what's going on, can you imagine the priest of the old days taking what the world had done mm. and bringing it into the temple, trying to approach the Holy of Holies with something that the world, the Persians were doing? Can you imagine the death that would have taken place in mm. the presence of a holy God? Wow. You cannot take something that the devil is totally influenced, brush it up, clean it up, and bring it to the temple and say, we're going to sanctify it and put it in the temple. Uh-uh. You can't do that. If you want to know what God is doing, you have to go directly to Him and ask Him. Right. If you want to know what God is blessing, you have to know what His Word says. Right, exactly. God will set His seal of approval two ways. He sets it, he sets it by His Word, and He establishes it because the Holy Ghost will reinforce what God is back. Hmm. That's the only two ways. And I don't care if they bind it. I don't care if it's making you a multi-billionaire. If the Holy Ghost, which is the most important person in the earth now, is not endorsing it, it's not a God. And I don't care who says it is. It's not. If the Holy Ghost is not endorsing right. it. Right. <laughs> I ain't talking about no jumping and shouting because you hear the organ and because somebody's preaching and they got the right tune 
and they telling you something that you want to hear if the word and the spirit is not backing it's not God right. it's just something warmed over that you all are trying to promote and make some money up if it's so much God then you don't have to package it and sell it the apostles told this one young man your money's going to perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased mm. with money and being used in the wrong way. Listen. Wow. It's, it's just your tape series. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> you trying to sell records. You trying to make, you trying to press CDs. You ain't trying to promote the kingdom. Right. If you're trying to promote the kingdom, you got to first of all find out how do you promote the kingdom. You got to promote spirituality. You got to promote clean living. And you got to promote people turning their face back to God. And that's how we know that we're doing what God wants us to do. Now, you want to talk about uh, gospel music and where it's going. We sang a song years ago, Brother Craig, that said, Only what you do for Christ will last. Mm -hmm. And a song that was rewritten by Mitchell Jones, you know, uh, Only what you do for Christ will last was an old hymnal that talked about people building tall skyscrapers and people doing things that the world smiled upon mm -hmm. uh, acquiring large sums of money and, 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 and acquiring large bank accounts well all that's great but if Jesus didn't tell you to do that for him then you're just doing it for you because if Jesus didn't commission it it's not going to last hmm. if Jesus G. Craig Lewis didn't tell you to be on the airway doing what you're doing then you ought to you out of order mm -hmm. but i believe that he told you and placed you as a vessel placed you as a voice to speak out against these things and guess what you're having great success because it's something that the holy ghost said mm -hmm. want you to do this that's right you would not be where you are now unless the holy ghost said do what you're doing mm-hmm so I believe that you're anointed to do what you're doing. I believe you're anointed to do and go where you're going. And I believe God's going to continue to bless you. And you haven't seen the best days of what you're going to be doing. We have to start finding out what Jesus wants. See, the Lord's prayer was, thy will be done mm -hmm. on earth. As it, well, what is, let's find out what his will is and let's do that. Yeah. See? It may not be God's will for you to build a mega church. It may not be His will for you to put out an album and be a star, singing star. It may not be His will for you to do any of the things that you're doing. But if you have been in praise and you have had the Holy Ghost tell you, and then you've had other people testify, prophets prophesy to you that this is what God wants you to do, listen, do what God has told you to do. And don't do anything until you know. Hmm. What? Just, I mean, before we close this out, that song was so powerful. Only what you do for Christ will last. I don't know if you remember the lyrics, but if you could give us maybe just the, you know, the verses to that song, just just so people can kind of hear those that aren't familiar with your music, and even those that are familiar. I mean, it's just such a powerful song lyrically. Can you can you quote some of the lyrics? One of the one of the verses said that. Many dream their dreams and set their minds to reach their goal. Then the scripture says, Well, does it profit a man to gain the world and lose his soul? But in the end, they, they know they're only going to, they won't be satisfied. Mm -hmm. it's fame and fortune is their reward. They don't know that men's glory lasts for a season. Mm. You know, and then we go on to say, Only what you do for Jesus Christ will last. Everything else will fade. Like the future becomes the past. And then, you know, we, we would sing that song. And, you know, people wouldn't rejoice. But people would sit and listen to it. Mm -hmm. And they would have one of those moments where they would say, Hmm, maybe I should take an evaluation about what I'm doing. Right. Maybe I should look at, if I'm doing this for Jesus, am I doing this because he told me? Or am I doing this because I want to be seen? Right. Am I doing this because you know, just because you have a voice that you can sing really well, doesn't mean you're supposed to have a record deal. Right. He may want you to sing at the church and you affect the entire community. Right. With thousands of blessed 
faith because you sing and then the pastor allows there to be an altar call and people give it life to Christ. There's an anointing for that. But if you think your voice is supposed to be captured on tape and sold across the world, you defeat the purpose of why he called you. And it will be a bad thing, G. Craig Lewis, to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and hear him say, now what did you do? I didn't tell you to do that. Why did you do that? Hmm. That would be sad. That's so, going to be sad. It behooves us. But first of all, stop everything you're doing if you don't know. Right. Stop everything, stop everything you're doing if you're not, if you know the Holy Spirit inside you is not bearing witness what you're doing. And sit down and pray until you have a definite yes from the Holy Ghost that you're supposed to be doing. There's right. going to be joy. God's going to provide. God's going to open up doors. You're going to be more effective in everything you do mm. if you find out from Holy Spirit. Is that what I'm supposed to be doing? And when you do that, you'll be content. God will bring the people in your life you need to have. God will bring the relationships you need to have. God will bring the finances you need to have. God will make you content. What does it What does it profit a man mm. to, gain, to, to gain the whole world and lose his wife, children, loses uh, uh, home, church, lose everything that you're supposed to be doing because you're chasing after money and fame. Wow. What does it mean? It means nothing according it to the means, word. It, it means nothing. Nothing. Man, that's that, that's powerful. And to hear, you know, you just don't hear musicians and singers talk like you're talking now. You just, you know, everything they say now is issue-based and, you know, Stop uh, uh, feeling bad, and we're here to make you feel this and feel that, and it's all issue, but it's never problem. They never deal with the problem that's causing the issue. And just to hear you talk, man, it's so powerful. It's such a a blessing. And I w I just want you to know, and all you know, a lot of people I know, y'all's music has blessed so many. You'll never know how many people were blessed by your music. And I encourage people, you know, just go get some old commission and just kind of hear uh, what these guys were standing for. Even back then, and I remember one of your lyrics, uh, success has deceived the world today. That's only what you do for Christ. That's success right. has deceived this world today, even in the church. So many's gone astray. They're living in a world of fantasy, uh, blinded by the pleasures of this high society. Right. Now, y'all were singing that back in the 80s. And here we are now. That word couldn't be more relevant. And those are the kind of things that you guys addressed in your music. And I just want to say thank God for what you've done, Minister Reed, and in the uh, 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 kingdom of God, what you guys built. And even though it didn't stay together, I do believe that your convictions and your messages, even from this, I encourage people to bring you. I know you, you do some traveling. I encourage people to bring you because you have a powerful word in your belly, not just because you used to sing, but you're a minister called of God. And, and I just want to encourage people, you know, this is what our kids need. And I just want to say thank you again for coming on. This has been powerful, and uh, I look forward to uh, just talking to you again, maybe on it at, at another time on a different subject. But, man, I thank you for your words. I bless you, sir. I appreciate you. I appreciate the work that you're doing. I, I appreciate the voice that you have. I appreciate the stick-to-itiveness that you're having in the face of adversity, of people threatening you, of people saying that you're not of God. I appreciate you. Holding on to the conviction and holding on to the word that God gave you back in, in, in Dallas when you got the vision to go forth. I appreciate you, and I'm going to tell you something. No matter what people say, how many folks turn their back on you and walk out on you, you got a friend uh, in Detroit, Michigan. You got a family of, of folks or your friend that will stand with you. We support you. Man, listen, whatever we can do to support uh, X Ministries, because the bottom line is, this we know that we're going to have to give an account mm -hmm. for everything all the deeds that are done in the box and i'm going to tell you right now i am going to make it in if nobody else is going to make it <laughs> right i'm going to live right if nobody else is going to live right i'm going to love my family my kids and raise my boys to be men of god if nobody else don't raise their kids to be men of god 
Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell my kids they can have the rock star lifestyle at the expense of compromise. That's right. What they believe. That's right. If you want to be a rock star, you really don't want to know Jesus. That's right. Because there's only one star in the body of Christ. That's right. And his name is Jesus. That's right. And so, I appreciate you, man. You're doing a great work. And whatever we can do, man, you know, I, I carry your bags one evening. <laughs> you go out and minister if you want me to. <laughs> well, I thank you. Even when we were in Detroit, the girl had them demons, and I thank you for coming up and helping helping deal with that, man, because that was, that, that was a struggle. <laughs> that was powerful, man. Listen, I, I, you know, I just don't think that people really recognize what it is that you do. And, I, and I'm talking about what I saw with my own eyes. I saw manifestation of people who were possessed by devils get delivered at the at the G. Craig Lewis X Ministry service. I saw people turn their lives over. I saw young kids rededicate their lives by the hundreds because there was a man that came to town that had a word from God. Wasn't a bunch of jumping and shouting, wasn't shaking the mic. It was just telling the truth and the anointing of the Holy Ghost verified what you were preaching. And people got true delivery. And I'm telling you, anybody should have G. Craig Lewis come and speak to their youth department. I highly endorse him and the work that he's doing in the body of Christ. Well, I appreciate that. That means a lot coming from you. And I'm going to cut this off. But, man, thank you again. And, 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 and thank uh, everyone for listening. And we'll be back soon with another X-Cast. Uh, God bless you all. God bless you.